Hi everyone, welcome to our new mini-series, Women at Work, brought to you by Freelance Creative Exchange. I'm your host, Jace, Chief Businesswoman of Creative at Work. While running our business, we have met many amazing women along the way. We hope to share inspiring stories about how Singaporean freelancers and entrepreneurs are taking charge and building successful businesses. And today, we're very happy to have um, Shen with us today. Shen is the founder of Happiness Scientist and a Positive Psychology Expert, right? So, wonder what does it mean? So, can I invite uh, Shen to actually um, share a little bit more about yourself to our audience? Sure. Hi, Jace, and hi, everybody. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, so the company I run is called Happiness Scientist. And as the name implies, we use the science of positive psychology to increase happiness and well-being for individuals, schools, and companies. So I've been doing this work for over 10 years, and I used to be a teacher teaching in schools, and that was kind of where I became inspired to explore concepts surrounding resilience and optimism and positive psychology. So yeah, I'm very happy to be able to share my insights today. Wow, how times fly, right? You've been doing this for the last 10 years? Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's right, yeah. <laughs> so as um, women, we tend to juggle, you know, different roles, you know, um, probably a mother, a daughter, you know, or as entrepreneur running our business, right? Mm. Um, so as we balance our work as well as uh, family responsibilities, mm. what, um, how does a typical work day look like for you? For me, uh, I've been actually working at home since the past 10, 10 years. Um, and it typically starts with waking up with my human alarm clock, my daughters. <laughs> I have two, two girls right. at the moment. Oh. So the young one who is still going to preschool, she will wake up about 7, 7.30 and then I get up as well. We have breakfast and then I send her to school. And about 9 o'clock, I start my day by you know, getting sorted on the to-do list and checking my emails and then working on projects such as like proposals, developing the curriculum or looking at the PowerPoint slides, talking to clients. Um, in the COVID period, obviously, everything has been online. So yes, lots of Zoom meetings and catching up with people. And then at about five, I, I pick up my daughter, uh, come back and do my workout. I work out every day because uh, exercise actually helps me to stay focused, clear my mind, be healthy. Um, yeah, so and then, you know, dinner and, and bedtime and all that. Wow, that sounds like a very healthy day and a structured day. So I'm just curious, <laughs> you mentioned you were a teacher before, right? Yes. Um, what actually caused you to start on this journey of, um, you know, being a happiness scientist? Yeah, well, when I was a teacher, I worked a lot with very brilliant students in terms of their academics, right? They were very good at scoring A's. <laughs> um, but I think when it came to uh, handling failure, challenges, Managing their emotions, um, they weren't able to do it. Well, I guess they could do it, but I felt that there were some areas in which, you know, uh, they felt quite challenged. Um, and so I wondered, you know, as a teacher, am I just there to help them to score A's? Or am I there to help them to live life to the fullest? Mm -hmm. And to be able to emerge from school having those skills. Um, and that was when I began exploring, you know, how can I help this child to be more resilient? How do I empower him or her with life skills uh, rather than just academics? Yeah, and that, that kind of started me on the journey to explore this concept of well-being and happiness and looking at the child holistically. Yeah, mm -hmm. and, and that was when I realized that concepts like resilience and optimism can be taught and 
And if we can teach them to people, if we can teach them to young children, then we are actually equipping them with these really valuable um, skills that will help them to face whatever comes their way. So that was yeah. kind of the I think it's the point. Uh. Right, right. I think that's especially important during a situation like this, right? I mean, um, yeah, not only the so... kids, but I think adults as well, right? Um, resilience is probably the keywords nowadays in, <laughs> yes, you know, in yes. our conversations. Yeah. So um, what time management or business tips uh, would you like to share with our audiences in terms of running our business in the last 10 years? Mm, yeah, I think that there are so many, but maybe, you know, one of the things that I realized is that we must always be open-minded to try new things. Um, mm. If the last two months have taught me anything, it's that if in order for us to do well, we must keep trying, you know. Uh, and in the first year of my business, I remember, uh, I have no idea how to run a business. My family members, none of my family members have their own business. They're all salaried employers, employees. And uh, I was really struggling in my first year to really figure out uh, what it means to actually run a business. But my principle and that I still hold dear today is that, well, I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it at least once. If it mm. does well, if it allows me to expand my business, if it brings in revenue and allows me to create positive impact, I'll do it again. Mm. If it doesn't, then at least I've tried it. I know what doesn't work as well. So really encourage all of you to, to, I mean, sometimes fear gets in the way. Like what will people think of us? Uh, is this going to waste a lot of time? And no doubt along the way, there have been some time-wasting projects. But mm. it, there's always a lesson to learn, I think, with every so-called obstacle that you meet. Mm. Yeah, and if we apply those lessons, then I think we get stronger in our business. We become clearer as to what we want to do with our business. Um, yeah, and that also helps us to save time, right, in the long run. Right, right. So, yeah. um, given the current situation, to what extent were you actually affected um, during the circuit breaker? Um, mm. And what are some of your key takeaways um, during the last two months of uh, working from home, you know, and where all the kids, everybody is actually uh, <laughs> yeah, um, fine area. So, how do you cope yeah. with all this, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, in the beginning, obviously, uh, I kind of had a feeling that things were going to change. We didn't know the extent. Um, in February, but we started receiving cancellations and postponements in early March. Mm. So uh, obviously, as the cancellations and postponements start to come in, you feel a little bit demoralized right? because yeah. the, the calendar looks so good for the rest of the year, you felt like everything's pretty steady and then boom, you know. Um, but I also recognize that, uh, well, everybody's in this same situation. If you're not running a business, your business, your day-to-day -day is also affected. You're either working from home or you don't see your boss or maybe for some people, they've lost their job. So I, I just focus on the things that I could do, um, the strengths that I have, and that is sharing information. That has never changed in the past 10 years. Um, and so I continued to do that through webinars, uh, you know, training workshops. And slowly as I started to, to share more, um, new projects started to come in, virtual projects, obviously not face-to-face. Um, yeah, so I think if anything that has taught me is that we must be ready to be flexible and adaptable because when we have that ability, then whatever the external environment is, we will be able to find a way out. It may not be overnight and we shouldn't expect it to be overnight, but at least we can put in the building blocks um, to slowly walk out of this crisis um, with something, right? So during the, the circuit breaker, because of all that trying, 
the, the clients that came to me weren't my typical clients, but they said, you know, we heard of you. We saw you, you were active uh, and we like what you say. So can you do this for us? And back to point number one, which is yes, just try. <laughs> so that yeah. kind of helped to keep me going. Yeah. Mm. Right. And it looks like the actually the pandemic has actually brought new opportunity to you as well, helping you to open up a new stream of customers. Yes, yes, definitely. So um, what do you think is the impact of the pandemic on our collective mental health? Um, mm. And how do you think we can actually practice mindfulness and self-care during this period, especially for, um, you know, um, entrepreneurs or solopreneurs or even female freelancers in that sense? Yeah, that's such a great question, Jace. I think I was really concerned at the beginning of the whole when it all started as to not only the mental health in terms of going through it, but after. Because while we're going through it, we try our best to survive, right? And we have little milestones in which we can look forward to. For example, now we are in phase two, we were looking forward so much to it. But I've also had people share with me that even going into phase two, while they feel a bit more relieved, they're still feeling anxious, they're still feeling uncertain. So definitely the impact on our mental health is that um, what used to be stability and what used to be the normal now can be shaken up at any time. And there's a lot of unpredictability. So that will probably generate anxiety in most people. Uh, fear of the unknown is also very common and probably stress levels are going to be higher as you try to adapt to all these changes. Mm. And the changes have been very quick, right? First month was this, two months, two weeks later was this, two weeks later was this. It's almost like you can't even settle down and sit down in one place and the change is coming. So I think to, to manage this, one of the things that is really helpful is uh, what you have said in terms of practicing mindfulness. And for those of you listening and haven't heard of mindfulness before, um, it's really being able to focus on the present moment, uh, paying attention to how you're feeling, what you're thinking, how your body is experiencing all these changes, uh, but being very careful not to judge, mm. to be non-judgmental. So for example, you may have a thought, is this going to last forever? Um, and what could easily happen is we think about all the bad things that could happen and we feel overwhelmed. So when we are mindful, it means that we notice that, oh, yeah, that thought is there, but we're not judging it. We're not moving into the next moment. We're simply acknowledging that, yes, in this moment, that thought is there. In this moment, I feel anxious. And we're giving us a little bit of space to then say, well, what can I do to manage this anxiety now that I've noticed it? Um, and one of the very good strategies is to simply pause pause and recognize that, you know, we are human. This is a difficult time. Instead of beating ourselves up and saying, yeah, how come everyone seems like they can manage it? You cannot. <laughs> because this makes us feel worse. Yeah. Um, and then taking a few deep breaths, um, longer breaths, for example, four seconds in, eight seconds out, you know, so that we can use the breath to calm ourselves down and recognize that we are still in control even though everything else around us seems to be spinning out of control. So yeah. do you think there are some exercise or, you know, some um, routine, you know, that um, we can actually build into our daily life to actually help us um, to practice more mindfulness? Like um, some of our previous guests actually suggest like um, things like doing yoga might help, meditations, mm. etc. So are there some, um, you know, exercise like this that you would recommend that it can actually help to calm ourselves down? 
Yeah, yeah. One of the things that I do every morning, even before I get out of bed, even before I look at my phone, is, is to be mindful about how we want to start our day. So do we start our day with a positive intention? That's what I aim to do. And it can be very simple. It could just be today, I want to have the best day possible. Today, you know, when challenges come, I want to be able to pause before I respond. You know, starting the day with a positive intention uh, really, really helps to give us focus for the rest of the day. You know, uh, so that's one. The other one is to use positive emotions. So we talk about happiness scientists. So we use positive emotions in order to combat the negative emotions. So if we focus so much on everything that's going bad, and it's very natural to do so, then we'll find ourselves going down a negative spiral for the rest of the day. So when we face challenge or when we feel stress, we may want to think about, hey, what is something in this moment that we can actually be grateful for? So in this moment, I'm grateful for the cool air that the rain has brought us. And when we focus on that positive thing in the moment, we're actually using mindfulness to bring more awareness to the experience that we're having right there in the moment. Rather than saying, rain, I cannot do my laundry. We could easily do that, right? <laughs> rain, alama, oh, why like that? Oh. You know, uh, I mean, we could so easily get into that, but mm-hmm. it could also be shifting the attention and, and putting on a different pair of glasses and saying, you know, what is something we can be grateful for in this moment? Yeah. yeah. I think, um, you know, this is actually quite interesting because I think a lot of time we are so brought down with what we need to do for the day that we didn't have the time to really appreciate what's happening now. You know, it could yes. be worth right? Yeah, and then we can structure it into our day, you know. For example, if you drink coffee every morning like I do, I take that moment to just be thankful that I can make a coffee in my house and and I can smell the aroma and, and it wakes me up every morning, you know. So if you structure it into your day as part of your routine, then you will always have that moment where you can mm. come into mindfulness, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. So what are your plans for happiness scientists, uh, you know, in this um, new normal that we're talking about where more, um, you know, things are conducted online, probably more virtual meetings, virtual classes, you know. Yeah. So how does that actually help to shape, you know, happiness scientists going forward? Yeah, I mean, I think um, number one, it's, it, to me, it's opening up a new revenue stream, right? Because previously, uh, uh, we could have been, has, or at least for myself, you know, I was pretty hesitant about going on video, going live and doing things even like what we're doing. Uh, and I was just like, oh, no, I'm pretty comfortable with the face-to-face, meeting clients and, and all of that. But obviously, because of this, uh, it has given us a huge uh, push to say, you know, let's get comfortable in doing this. And because of this, I can create new online products. And online products can scale much better than a face-to-face product. Mm. And I realized that there's been so many things that I've wanted to do, but I didn't. <laughs> and now's the time to do it. Now's the time to get familiar. Um, so in terms of my business, really what I want to do in the next six months is to shift more of the things that I'm doing online by creating online courses, by um, you know, setting up a YouTube channel where I can put in all the video snippets of interviews that I've had or webinars that I've conducted just in small, like one to two minute snippets so that, you know, that content is free and available for people who really want something, but that can also lead into a paid online course, right? Mm. Uh, or creating eBooks um, 
from the content that I have. Uh, mm. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to exploring this whole new area. Mm. So other than um conducting training and um you know probably more um uh, uh, advice etc. Do you do you see other new business um I would say um activities coming up from happiness scientists? Uh, for example, you mentioned you know a, a part of it was also um you know the the building out of resilience part and things like that. Is there a separate revenue stream that you're looking at to open up for happiness scientists? Um, I think well, the the most natural one is to uh, take the the training that's face to face and package it into an online, uh, but not just in terms of only the content, but to maybe follow up with coaching and consultancy, mm-hmm. uh, which is something I already do. Um, mm-hmm. So I think people are more open to receiving it in the online way. Mm-hmm. So um, that's definitely something in the pipeline. Um, so, yeah, I think just, you know, looking at different ways in which people can access this material um, mm. and, and creating, making it easy to access, you know, so they don't have to jump through so many hoops uh, to get there. Mm. Mm, that's right. Yeah. Right. Thank you so much for the sharing. So, um, one last question. So, what advice or encouragement do you have for aspiring female entrepreneurs? <laughs> well, I would say um, be, be, if, if you're aspiring and you want to do work that's freelance or start out your own business, I would advise you to be very clear on what matters to you. What are, what are, what are the values that, that guide you? What is, why do you want to do this? I think sometimes people say, oh, yeah, if I only have my own business, I have a lot more time. I got a lot more freedom. Um, but in every that the grass is always greener on the other side. So I have so many people who come and say, I want to be like you. I want to do what you do. Uh, and I'll say, great. However, and this is not to be a wet blanket. We have to be clear what we're jumping into. Mm. And we, you know, so go and talk to people. Ask them, what, what has your life been like? Like what you asked me, what's your day-to-day look like? Uh, what are the pros and cons of being an entrepreneur, being a business person? Um, what are the goals that you have, you know? And for me, I wanted to do this because I wanted to have time for my family, yeah. right? I wanted to have those pockets where I can have breakfast with them instead of chasing them. <laughs> you know, I wanted to have moments where I can connect with them after school and help them with their homework if possible, where in areas that I can help. But not all of us have the same priorities, yeah. right? For some of us, we want the autonomy. For some of us, we want the impact. So if you have time before you jump into this, yeah, spend time to reflect and think and write down what all this means to you mm. uh, and, and be sure so that when you jump in, you jump in with open eyes <laughs> as much as possible, yeah. of course. Yeah, and, and know what you're keeping yourself into and see if you're yes. prepared for it, right? Yeah. Yes. Right. yes. Thank you so much Jen, for your time, for the sharing. No problem. Thank you so much <laughs> for having me. <laughs> no, it has been a very inspiring and encouraging talk. Um, you know, I hope everyone, you know, can take I'm sure, you know, we will be able to take some tips even for you, especially on the fi- mindfulness part. I think that is really mm. something that's much needed, especially at this period of time. So um, thank you viewers as well for tuning in. Subscribe to our show, Freelance Creative Exchange. Check out our Freelance Creative Exchange website. Join our Creative at Work community on Facebook and Instagram. And with that, have a wonderful week. Be kind, stay safe, and we'll chat soon. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Bye.